The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I was thinking of that this morning when I awoke. It's almost like we should say, When the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. For I have never seen God fail to help me when I turn to him, when I remember to turn to him. It's the strangest thing, because you would think we'd automatically remember to turn to God, but sometimes I forget, and I just sort of stumble about for a little bit, and then I remember. But if we look at this a little differently, When the Lord is leading me, I shall not want. The Lord is technically Jesus the Word. When the Word is leading me. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. The Word is the Lord. When the Word has been given to me and I go that direction there is no want he doesn't take me into places where there isn't any food there isn't any shelter there isn't any calm and peace it's our flesh that stirs us up and causes us to be restless a few days ago I turned on TV news and I saw a group of teenagers out on a beach and somebody fired a gun into the mob of teenagers and the teenagers spread like little animals. I thought about how if you hadn't been there. Have you ever just thought if I just hadn't been there? What causes us to be restless and think we have to be doing something? Well, computers really egg me on. There's just so much you could do. And then you go from one thing to another. It's like surfing TV channels. How you have a hundred or more channels and you can't find anything to watch on TV. That type of restlessness drives you. But when we turn to God and simply say, I'm bored, I can't find anything to do. I'm bored. And when we talk it over with God, I have found that he will give me an idea of something to do. And when I do that, I'm no longer bored. So that's an example of the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. A few days ago, I found something so difficult. My assignment from God is to exhort the church, which I do on podcast, on internet, and by books that I publish on Amazon. So I'm always writing or recording or planning a writing or recording or reading the Bible and having something jump out to me and then asking God to show me how I can do that. That's my assignment. Actually, I can't walk, 
it never really bothers me that I can't walk. You'd think it would be a terrible problem, but it isn't because I have this assignment, which I don't have to walk in order to do. A few days ago, a woman sent me a dream that she'd had, and I didn't doubt for a second that it was from God. But what am I supposed to do with this dream? It doesn't give the kind of specifics that you need to present to the church. Although I can present it to the church, it basically said trouble was coming. She had a dream, and it was like there was a huge problem coming. Well, that would just worry you to know that, wouldn't it? Of course, each of you can take it to God. I don't personally see anything that I can do in my life. I've already prayed over the banking problem and haven't been shown to do anything yet. It's like, with me, things sort of happen before they happen, not after. (laughs) And uh, maybe that's part of the key. Before the need is there so often, I've already followed God into the area where the need is taken care of. There is no need. There are some people, I'm sure, that just can't seem to make a move. But I'm not that way. I've had so much experience with God. I know his voice. I know when it's the Holy Spirit speaking to me. I know what it sounds like. And the only thing I have to do is obey. Do something appropriate to the word. And then I'm already set. Usually, before the problem hits, my life is already ordered differently. But if you have a lot of trouble making a decision, I think a lot of us just faith in God and knowing what the voice of God is like. But if you know what the voice of God is like, and you follow him when he talks to you, and you do that thing, You're going to be in the right place at the right time doing the right thing. That's just the way it works. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. I am so often praying for God to create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. You go out among the world, and you're going to get dirty. It's like you go out on a road where there's been a rain, and a truck drives by, and he splatters you. They're going to give you their ideas, their thoughts, their reasons. There's one of the Psalms which talks about how foolish men give reasons. They've always got a reason, as if they know. Well, they give you their reasons. There's a woman who has often given me the reason that something happened. And I will just say, well, I want to build my house on the Word of God, and that's just not in the Word of God. 
the reasons the world gives for something happening doesn't mean it's true. When we get splattered with reasons that the people think cause the problem or will cause the problem, and we often panic. Or it's like a seed planted in our heart, their words are. And we find their words trying to lead us. It may be the worst place for us to go. When I have been out in the world, I like to pray what David prayed when I get home. Create in me, O God, a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. Psalm 51.10 I can't create a clean heart in me. I wouldn't know how to do it. Often I don't even know what is best to do. Sometimes you just don't know what to do. I hardly ever know what to do, and I don't trust myself, but I trust God. God knows the future. God knows the past, the present, and the future. We have a sure thing if only we will turn to God. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. I pray that often. If there's any anger or any being upset with something, I pray that. Often there's anger when I watch TV news because they're doing something. And sometimes there's real anger. And I ask God to restore my soul. Of course, I don't have to watch TV news. I feel a little bit like I do because I need to be able to recognize, I think, certain areas of judgment that are coming upon the earth and when they have come. And maybe it's simpler than I make it. It may sound like I'm wandering a little bit on this subject, but that just shows you I don't know what to do. God is the one who knows, so you must turn to God and make him your friend and counselor in all that you do. So when we do that, Certainly the Lord is our shepherd, and we shall not want when we're following him. Sometimes God just plants in our heart without our knowing it certain things that lead us. I was in the hospital in 2018. I had fallen at a house in Texas and broken a hip. I was waiting surgery. And there was one other church person in the room with me when this happened. She lived in the same city I was living in. The nurse came in and said, I have to have you sign a paper saying who is in charge of you if you can't answer medical questions for yourself. And I instantly said, Pam Patchett is in charge of me. This other church member said, how can Pam be in charge? She doesn't even live here. She lives 400 miles away. 
And I said, well, I don't know how she can be, but she is. If you do things by your own logic, sometimes you'll put yourself in a little box. The best way to go is to go in the way of God, obviously. And when you have it in your heart and know that that's the way to go, that's the way to go. God will work it out some way. So the nurse put down Pam. Turned out I had to be in the hospital for two and a half months. Couldn't walk. Couldn't do anything, basically. Pam, who lived 450 miles away from where I lived, would fly from Denver to Lubbock. She flew four or five times from Denver to Lubbock to do things, to help with the house when I put it up for sale, to work with a contractor in getting things that I wanted brought to Colorado Springs where it turned out I was going to live. She would fly to Lubbock and work with the contractor. He put the things I wanted to keep in storage. They got a estate sale woman to sell everything else and clear the house out. I never saw the house again. I went directly from staying in the hospital two and a half months to living in Colorado Springs at Pam's house. God had it all worked out. And he put it in my heart to move there. Pam thought I would never leave Texas. But God put it in my heart ahead of time. From time to time through the months, I would think, maybe I should move to Colorado Springs. I could buy a house there and be closer where Pam could help me. Why would I want Pam to help me? Because I had witnessed her for years as we worked together on books. She does all the technical work on the books, the podcast. I had seen her personality. I had seen that when a problem arise, she didn't turn to me with a problem. She turned to God. I don't turn to Pam usually with my problems either. I turn to God. I might ask her to help me with some problem after I've prayed. Usually it's after I've prayed. And she's like that. We're both connected to God by faith. And very few people are. Very few church people are. They think they are, but really it's another person that they turn to. But it is this thing of being connected to God. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Making the Lord your shepherd in the matter at hand by turning to him with the issue. I hope you will take time to read the writing that I have presented with this because I've explained several cases of turning to God and have talked about them in writing. But that's the area that causes us so often to follow God. He has put in our heart something He has given us a word on something. 
and we follow him, and before there's even any need at all, we're already in the place we're supposed to be in. So this woman sends me a dream she had, saying there's going to be great trouble ahead. I read it, and I think, oh, what am I supposed to do with this dream? How am I supposed to present this to the church? I've already shared with them a dream I've had that there's going to be great financial trouble ahead. That if people would have paid what they owe, there wouldn't be. But they, don't, they won't do that. So it's going to be sort of like the federal government and the deficit. And then all of the individuals in, our, in the United States, at least so many of them, owe for things and buy now, pay later type life. But when the problems hit, you're really hit if you're in debt. Now, I have not been in debt since 1975 for anything because God got me out of debt and basically impressed me with the concept, get out of debt and stay out of debt. So I didn't buy houses and I didn't have mortgages. I just lived in an apartment. Then when money was available, I built an apartment for myself and paid cash for it. And then I paid cash for a lot on a golf course in the city. And then when money became available and I could sell the apartment and had other money to work with, I built a house on the golf course. So I went by cash only with everything. At one point, my old 72 Oldsmobile got run into and was very badly damaged. And I decided to buy a new car at one point. And my contractor's son said, now you will know what it's like to live like we live in debt. And I said, no, I paid cash for the car. At first, when I looked at cars, I didn't have the cash. I didn't buy the car. I had my old car repaired because I didn't have the cash. But I waited two or three years and drove the old car, the old repaired car. And then when the cash was there, I bought the new car. Because that's the way God has shown me to live. And that's the way I've lived. And so the main problem for me was the money that I have, that I have from the sale of a house in Texas, is in the bank, and this huge banking problem comes. Do I need to get that money out of the bank and do anything with it? There is only one way to know, and that is by turning to God. What should I do about this money? And if he has shown me nothing to do, that means don't do anything. But you mustn't let yourself be led by your own thinking because you could do the wrong thing. God will not do the wrong thing. So if you want a sure thing, you've got to turn to God, have faith in Him, have patience to wait, 
And then if there is a time to do something, then you move instantly as soon as you're sure that you have heard from God. That's the basis, really, of Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He's my shepherd because I'm following him and turning to him, and he is leading me into which pasture to go to, which job to go to. He's leading me. He's leading me beside the still waters, not into the place where it's going to be terribly turbulent. When we lead ourselves, sometimes we want excitement. Our flesh wants excitement. And we'll lead ourselves into the wrong place. God wants us to have peace, live without spot, and continue with him in peace as we wait for the return of Jesus and that which is coming upon this earth. Our flesh wants excitement. So we've got a little battle there. One of the things each of us must do is stay in our assignment, the place God has assigned to you. If it is a husband, his role is to care for his family. If it is a mother, her role is to help her husband. She is a helper and to care for her children. Both the husband and wife's role is to live godly lives in front of their children, dealing with people in godly ways. Stay in your assignment. So often people will have an assignment, but then the assignment ends and they think, oh, well, I don't have anything to do. I've got to find something to do. And that's when they go way off on the wrong road. Instead, we have to just learn to patiently turn to God and say, now what do you want me to do? It sounds so simple, and it is so simple. But our flesh is at work egging us on for more action. There was a period of time in my life when I was clearly shown to close my business and go into the ministry. I did that. I closed it on July 31st, 1979. There was no ministry to go into. God had been teaching me for five years. But there was no ministry. I didn't try to get a job at a church, as you might think one would. I didn't try to get a job. I just stayed at home and waited until God showed me what to do. Six months later, on January 10th, 1980, in the night, I was asleep and a very loud trumpet-like voice woke me, giving me three words. Hartford, Seattle, KWJS. 
KWJS was obviously radio or television. I had never thought about doing radio or television. But that's the way God was going to send me. So he sent me the information, I think, by an angel speaking while I was asleep. When I found out it was radio, I said to God, Are you telling me to go on radio? I wouldn't know how to do that. And I heard, Call the radio station manager. That was the Holy Spirit. I did it immediately. The station manager told me to make an audition tape, send it to them. And if I fit their broadcasting, they would offer me a contract. Within five days, I was broadcasting exhortations for the church on radio. Now, what about the Hartford, Seattle? Well, God was showing me it was going to be coast to coast. It started in one station, one city. And then God gave me a plan where within the year, I was on radio from basically Hartford to Seattle, New York City to Seattle. Just like the voice said to me in the night. See, you have to be led by God. You can't lead yourself. You can't copy other people. That would never be safe. If the Lord is your shepherd, he is your shepherd. It's not some other person. It's him. It's the Word. You wait for the Word. And you follow the Word. Then the Lord is our shepherd. And we shall not want. Because he won't lead us into a place where there's degradation and lack. We might lead ourselves into such a place. Not intentionally. But see, God knows future. Safety is of the Lord. One of the Proverbs says that the horse is prepared for battle, but safety is of the Lord. So when we are turning to God, asking him what to do, then the Lord is our shepherd, I shall not want. When you follow him doing what he shows you, many, many times he's shown me things that other people have said, you can't do that. I've had that happen so many times. And I've gone with what I have heard from God. When I fell at my house in Texas in 2018, And they were rolling me past the front door to take me to the hospital. I heard a word from God. You'll never see this house again. Well, that was a very helpful word to me. I put the house up for sale from the hospital. A woman in our church group said to me, I don't see how you can do this. And I said, well, I I have a word from God. He said to me, I'd I'd never see this house again. 
In the 1980s, I had a very difficult message to deliver concerning sin in the ministry. And church members became very angry with me and the followers of those ministers. And it was a difficult time. Radio stations put me off the air. God gave me a word for the radio station manager in Seattle who said to me, Joan, you have many good messages. Just speak those messages. But if you keep these speaking these judgment messages, I don't know what's going to happen to you. We may have to put you off the air. And God gave me a word at that instant. It was, George, if I don't speak the message that I believe to be from God, then I don't have a message, and I may as well be off the air. Basically, they were objecting to the message that was from God, which was about sin in the ministry. Well, the message I had was about sin in the ministry. And if I didn't speak that message, or if I spoke some other message, yes, I have many good messages. The good message is the message God wants spoken at that moment in time. That's the good message. And that's what people like me have to be willing to deliver. I really encourage you to read the writing that is with this podcast today. For when we are turning to God, He will lead us. Then we follow Him, and that's when He puts us where He wants us in the position that we need to be in for that point in time. One time God said this to me, one step at a time, one step at a time, it is enough. Thank you for allowing me to share with you today.